Good morning. You're just in time. Welcome to the St. Gabriel Cafe, your sacred space to sip on today's local blend of faithful encouragement. Let's start our day together. Good morning, friends. Come on in and join us. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn, and we are thrilled to have you with us here this morning in the St. Gabriel Cafe, our live and local morning show. Cam Clutter, as always, is our faithful barista. And today we'll have the pleasure of visiting with Kathy Scanlon and Madeline Pesavento. Kathy is the president of PDHC. And Madeline is the Outreach and Development Director for Women's Care Center. So good morning, Dave. Good morning, Amanda. <laughs> you sound chipper this morning. Yeah, all is right. In Does that mean your, at least my your garage the... door got fixed? It did, as a matter of fact. That's excellent. We can talk about that yeah. after let's, the prayer. Let's pray first. Yeah. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Father, we love you. Thank you for this day together. Uh, we... Uh, pray for peace. We pray for joy. Uh, Lord, help us to be like Mary, bringing Jesus to Elizabeth. Help us to uh, to be your disciples, your evangelists, to bring Christ to those that we encounter today, uh, to bring uh, the true joy uh, into, into the season so that all of our friends and Old friends, new friends, people we haven't met yet uh, may know your love. So, Father, we bring this to you in the name of your Son, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ask for blessings from our mother. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Yeah, all is right with the, uh, with the garage. Um, as often happens when you try to describe, <clears throat> you know, mechanical failure or a sound happening what happens when you know often that sound doesn't happen or that problem doesn't reappear that's exactly what happened when jason showed up oh. said dave can you go ahead and put the garage you know hit the button let's see what's going on the door went right up no way yep yep no well. problem but uh he did he did see where there were problems and we got it fixed and had an opportunity to uh, to talk, you know, together with Jason about the Lord, and that's excellent. Yeah, it was it was really good. It was it was that blessing. I think looking back on our days yesterday, Cam and his furnace and the garage door, and then our uh, topic yesterday on adjusting and uh, you know being docile with our expectations. Right. I think it was a uh, timely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and today is uh the shortest day of the year. So I've heard. Yeah. The winter solstice. Winter solstice started. Yeah. So we have a uh, we celebrate 3 months now of darkness. Well, when you put it like that, it sounds so <laughs> depressing. <laughs> But it's also, what's the national day of? It's a look on the bright side day. So, you know, that's not ironic. Now, just tee that one up for you. <laughs> no, it, it is the shortest day of the year, but beginning tomorrow, the days get longer. Yeah, yeah. It has or nothing. so they say. Yeah, or so yeah they and, say. but as I was reminded, the permacloud of Ohio is going to descend upon us. So I'm trying my best to look on the bright side. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, grumpy. <laughs> December 21st, right? Yeah, that's today. Our O antiphon is O radiant dawn, splendor of eternal light, son of justice. Come and shine on those who dwell in darkness and in the shadow of death. Well, that's also fitting. How about that? <laughs> and our gospel reading today fits so nicely with our guests. Mm-hmm. So the visitation, we're going to be talking about caring for moms and their children. Yeah. So. And we have our Advent reflection. Boy, we just have a lot going on here, don't we? <laughs> so today is Thursday of the third week of Advent. Pam, you want to start us off? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. This comes from Rejoice Advent Meditations with the Holy Family, Father Mark Toops, if you've been following along or haven't. Um, he's been walking with us through our Advent. Father Mark writes, What was in Joseph's heart, and how did Mary love him? In Joseph's heart were all the emotions, questions, and needs regarding having to adjust. Imagine for a moment what it was like for Joseph as he was called to a non-physical spousal chastity due to Mary's consecration. Of course, Joseph was a deeply virtuous man. He was chosen to raise Jesus and model to him authentic masculinity. On the other hand, men and women are ordered toward marriage, and they're in nuptial communion with their spouse. The desire for a one-flesh union within the context of marriage is from God, there is not only nothing wrong with this desire, but if, it, if one has a healthy, effective maturity, this desire is good. There was no blueprint for the unique marriage that Joseph had with Mary. Specifically, there was no blueprint for this particular kind of chastity within marriage. In those moments when Joseph needed help, who would have taught him? From what or from whom did Joseph learn how to be married yet chaste? from Mary. She tutored Joseph by the way she lived marriage and virginity. She taught Joseph how to go to the Father when he needed help. She taught him to let God do every desire and longing. Holiness is taught, not caught. And Mary tutored Joseph in his call to chastity. In nearly 20 years of priesthood, Father Mark has prepared hundreds of couples for marriage, and he has counseled many couples who experience difficulties in their marriage. He finds that husbands often do not know how to be good husbands, and wives often do not know how to be good wives. Neither spouse has been taught. Without a clear Christian vision of marriage, most married couples settle for the images presented by our wounded secular culture. If you are married, Father Mark humbly asks you to consider the following questions. Who taught you how to love and to serve as a spouse? Who has influenced you in your role? These questions actually apply to each of us outside of the context of marriage. All of us, regardless of our vocation, need to ask, who taught us how to be holy? Who are our role models? How often are we with them? Living a life of committed holiness is not easy. Loving your spouse with a pure heart and pure intentions is not easy. Who is teaching you how? When was the last time... You let yourself be taught. Amen. Our scripture passage is from 1 Peter, chapter number 1. Okay, I'm going to start at verse 22. 
Having purified your soul by your obedience to the truth for a sincere love of the brethren, love one another earnestly from the heart. You have been born anew, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord abides forever. That word is the good news which was preached to you. Amen. The word of the Lord abides forever. So don't turn to the culture for good role models when it comes to marriage and family. Is that your takeaway? That's one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Finding, finding models, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. um, and walking with, with others, we've talked a lot about just small groups and I know that that's been helpful for me is to be surrounded by, um, other men that are pursuing the Lord and trying to be, um, good spouses, good fathers. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's key finding those people and those men, those women in our lives to model good behavior, but then also have an eye toward what bad behavior looks like Mm -hmm. also. And yeah, I mean, there's plenty of examples of both. Right. Mm -hmm. And, but it's having that, that eye on the price of, uh, what the Lord expects of us. And, and then just as with many other things in the spiritual journey, just to have an awareness of what's, uh, of what's happening around you, the ministry, of presence. Mm. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was really struck by the humility in today's reflection, talking about how Joseph learned from Mary in the Hebrew culture, Jewish culture back then, way, way back when Joseph and Mary would have been betrothed to one another. Um, we, by popular tradition in the Catholic Church, talk about how Mary was probably somewhere around the age of like 14, 15 years old. Joseph probably would have been like closer to 30 years old, maybe even older than that. Right. And so Joseph's like first, uh, like my, my wife who is not carrying my biological son and is younger than me is teaching me something and his like humility and docility as the husband to be able to say, you know what, Mary, like I, I submit myself to you to Mm -hmm. learn from you. Um, who carries the son of God. Right. And, and, and frankly, that, that to me sounds like an easy process because it's like, okay, yeah, you've got, you've got Jesus inside you. So I'll learn from you. Um, but then also like the flip side of it too, that Mary, and we were talking about this yesterday, Amanda, you and I, um, that Mary in her humility submits to Joseph and, and trusts in him too. think of like when they flee to Egypt, um, Mary probably could have said like, well, you know, are we sure we're doing this right? Or, or I'm sure like what we were talking about is like the angel came to Mary first mm-hmm. and, and Jesus was placed inside of Mary, you know? So like clearly the Lord is doing something very particular with her and yet she still in her humility submits herself to, to Joseph and his discernment and his leadership. And so just really beautifully struck by like the, 
humble trust that it takes to teach one another. And then, of course, like when Jesus is born and comes around, I'm sure the, the humble trust to be taught by your your son, who is the son of God, of course. But um, I think that applies to all of us today. I get taught things by my eight-month-old all the time. <laughs> um, like that the house needs baby-proofed more than it currently is. Um, but also just finding like the simple joy in things, too. She's really good at seeing the world from an eight-month-old's perspective, of course, and reteaching me to see the world with that kind of childlike joy of, like, it is fun to just lay on the carpet and roll around. Mm-hmm. And and that simple fun is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been struck just over the past several days by the idea of expectations. I feel like that's been a reoccurring theme that not only am I hearing in some of the reflections and some of our conversations that we've been having in the cafe, but also just in my own conversations with my friends, it's been coming up. And so I think the Lord's really uh, just maybe teaching me something in this season in particular in regards to expectations. And what I drew from the reflection today was I just felt drawn to circle the word blueprint and I think, especially around the Christmas season, we've we've talked about this in the cafe, just this idea of uh, wanting the holiday or our experiences with our family and friends to look a certain way. And yet, even those good expectations, you know, I think in some way I have to maybe remove some of those so that I can just experience the person in front of me and not have... Mm almost this blueprint of how I want it to be or this expectation of how I want it to be and just really be able to encounter the person as they are so that I can learn from them and um, be taught by them and, and learn to love better. And then the, the scripture even reminded me of that love one another earnestly from the heart and not, not in the way that I wish our relationship would be or the hopes that I have for you know, family time or whatever it is. And, um, just, just to learn to sit and love and encounter. Mm. And that terminology is used also with, uh, with pregnancies, uh, expecting, Mm -hmm. you know, we're expecting or, uh, you know, an expectant mother, an expectant father. And, and there's such a design there from the Lord that uh, that we have roughly nine months to to prepare and to change our hearts where we need to uh, change to serve where maybe we haven't served before. Um, but yeah, just to, to nest and to go through uh, life in a new way as as spouses and. Uh, and to build a crib in the wrong room and then be asked to move it to the other room. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it's happened. <laughs> yeah. To more than one of us. <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. The crib was too large for the door. So, <laughs> okay. yeah. Yeah. First so time you're building a crib can be take a while. And then Dave warned me of this reality and then it happened to me as well. So. <laughs> Yeah, why do they design them that way? But, I love you, honey. <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, just I, I think maybe rest in that uh, that expectation today and uh, how 
Mary learned from Joseph and Joseph learned from Mary mm-hmm. and how we can all learn uh, from our spouses and, and uh, just the, the, the wonderful beauty of life and, and just to rest in that, especially this time of year. Right. Do you have any uh, special takeaways? Cameron? Um, yeah, similar to you, Dave, just recognizing the moments that the Lord wants to use situations or other people to teach me something new and being willing to like practice that virtue of humility too. Um, and, and ask for the grace, honestly, to be humble enough to be taught in every one of those moments. Hmm. It's easy as like a theology major, you know, with a bachelor's in theology to to think I'm mm. so knowledgeable in this area. <laughs> um, and that's something that I remember my professor, Dr. Robert Parks at Ohio Dominican here in town, really warning us of is, is don't ever let your piece of paper that says you're academically trained in this ever bar you from from being willing to learn about the Lord from someone else because the Lord in his goodness and his wisdom is revealing himself to you in a very particular way as your father, as your, you know, lover, your friend, your brother, you know, all these different titles that we can attribute to the Lord that, and he might be doing that different for you than he does for me. And that means I always have something to learn. Taught, not caught. Amen. To be willing (laughs) students. So, Father, I long to be taught about holiness. Help me to find you when I am called to adjust. Teach me how to live in active, obedient dependence upon you. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Kathy Scanlon and Madeline Pesavento will be with us next. Stay with us here in the St. Gabriel Cafe. Adorable face of my Jesus, my only love, my light and my life, grant that I may know, love, and serve Thee alone, and that I may live with Thee, of Thee, by Thee, and for Thee. Amen. Eternal Father, I offer Thee, the adorable face of Thy beloved Son, for the honor and glory of Thy name, for the conversion of sinners, and for the salvation of the dying. Amen. O divine Jesus, through thy face and thy name, save us. Our hope is in the virtue of thy holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do you have a minute for lasting happiness? Living virtuously is the way to freedom, happiness, and holiness. To grow in virtue, we must learn about it, practice it, and persevere in it. This is what the saints have achieved with excellence. An excellent example of the virtue of charity is seen in St. John. John lived charity heroically by standing at the foot of the cross, staying with Jesus in true friendship. He loved God above all else and learned how to practice charity from Christ himself. He wrote a gospel and books of scripture which reveal to us the love of God and our vocation to love our neighbor as ourselves. Let us ask St. John to pray for us that we may grow 
in charity. Educate yourself in virtue. Learn more at educationinvirtue.com. I'm Lori Crock, and this is a Holy and Healthy Minute. St. Potter Pio said that the rosary is a weapon for these times. It is a method of prayer which strengthens us to love Jesus and to love others. Praying the rosary is a holy and healthy endeavor which teaches us about the life of Jesus through contemplation of the mysteries and with Our Lady's intercession. St. Padre Pio said, Go to the Madonna. Always say the rosary. Be souls of prayer. Never tire of praying. It is what is essential. Prayer shakes the heart of God. It obtains necessary graces. St. Pope John Paul II said, It is essential that we pray the rosary for peace and for the family. But more than anything, the rosary guides us on our journey to holiness. The meaning of our lives is to become a saint. Blessed Mother, we thank you for your intercession and for the graces we receive through your Son when we pray the rosary. Amen. Welcome back, friends, to the St. Gabriel Cafe. I'm Amanda Miller. I'm Dave Orsborn. Welcome back to the cafe. Joining us now, Kathy Scanlon from PDHC. That would be Pregnancy Decision Help Centers, right? Correct. Boom. And Madeline Pesavento from Women's Care Center. Madeline's the Outreach and Development Director at Women's Care. Good morning, ladies. Good to be on. Thank you. I always say PDHC. That's why I... That's how most Pre- people know us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pregnancy Decision Health Centers is a long title. Is it health or help? Pregnant de- pregnancy Decision Health Centers. Got it. Okay. Yes. PDHC. Yeah. Yes. Most people know us as PDHC. How long have you been with uh, PDHC? Oh, Tell well, us about yourself. You know, I came from corporate America for a long, many years, and really just felt God calling me to something better, something more impactful. Um, and so I took a long time to discern and uh, ended up uh, being offered the director of development position at PDHC, which I gladly accepted. And just the journey that this has taken me on, I've always been super pro-life. I've always supported pregnancy decision health centers, but to really be involved in a day-to-day basis is just been truly life, just life-changing for me. Um, and I know that I'm where God intends me to be. So I stepped into the president's role in June of 2020, right in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. And so we've maneuvered <laughs> through a lot of things. Good timing. Kathy. But I have a yeah. great team and um, I'm just so happy to be involved in such a great organization, working alongside individuals like Madeline. Yeah, We get to do great things every day. Yeah. Amen. Madeline, how long have you been at Women's Care Center? Yeah, my story is a little bit similar to Kathy's as well. Um, I came to Women's Care Center four years ago, but also from a a corporate background. So I was working for a Fortune 25 company and traveling all over the country. Um, But during that time, I came into the Catholic Church. So um, I grew up with a really non-religious background Uh, learned really the dignity of human life through my conversion 
And uh, I wasn't actually looking my wedding day. I met someone from the care center and was just really struck with curiosity about what it's like for a woman to walk through the door uh, facing an unplanned pregnancy and just had a lot of questions for her during my cocktail hour at my wedding. (laughs) Um, And then and then right after that, um, yeah, just the cards fell into place. And I've been with the care center ever since. And it's it's been a beautiful witness to see the the challenge and the joy that that women experience absolutely isn't it great to be where the lord wants you to be I love oh it. yeah <laughs> i love it that's so interesting um listening to madeline share her story um i grew up with a non-religious background too so i'm a convert um, me and my husband met a long time ago i don't want to age myself um but, but just you can age dan introduction yeah. to the yeah. catholic faith um and again i felt god leading me to the catholic faith and it just feels like home and so i've now been in the catholic church for 35 years Mm. kathy what what drew you to the catholic faith what was that journey like for you you know um when i was in fourth grade um we moved and there was a girl across the street and she invited me to her church to a youth group And I went and uh, I was feeling like, oh, this is pretty cool. Um, And so, you know, I attended some church, went to some youth groups. But then in my high school years, I met someone who was very, very strong in um, their Catholic faith. And just being very prayerful and discerning about it, started going to church. And that was like sitting in that pew and just going through the mass. I just really felt God was calling me to the Catholic faith. Mm -hmm. And so when I went to college at Ohio State, that's where I met my husband, Dan. And he is, you know, grew up Catholic, very strong, traditional Catholic family. I just love him all so much. And so it was just a natural transition. So he went through RCIA with me together. Um, I remember we sat um, in the kitchen with Father Hart. Um, and he just walked me through the journey and that's kind of now that's where I'm at. Nice. I think is, is your story yeah. similar here again? It is a little bit <laughs> similar. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I had enough witnesses in my life through college. I was not, uh, focused on faith, but I had an, enough individuals who weren't practicing the faith, but had sort of those, those anecdotes or, you know, family values. And, uh, I just started looking around. Um, I, I was really going to church everywhere. I was going to Lutheran, non-denominational Catholic, uh, but it took, it took a while for me. I had, um, I really had to have the equal peace the equal piece of the heart and the logic of the church. So started reading books. Uh, Mere Christianity was a big book for me. Um, I remember there was a, a analogy to being in the hallway with God. And from that hallway, there's many doors you can choose. And I'm like, that's it. I've just got to get in the hallway with God. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and that's it. And my now husband, uh, at, but, you know, not husband at the time said, mm, there's a door. There's a door. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he I, was Catholic then. He was Catholic. Okay. Yeah. So 
uh, met him during that process, um, I was really struck by the beauty of the Mass as well. Um, I tr- I attended St. John Cantius in Chicago at mm. the time. Yeah. So just a beautiful, reverent Mass. And um, yeah, and so I, I went through RCIA in Louisville, Kentucky. I was living in Lexington at the time, so I was driving about an hour and a half for RCIA every week. But it was well worth it. So, yeah. Good. Experience. Isn't it amazing? I mean, it's somewhat ironic how many people C.S. Lewis has brought to the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. He, he himself wasn't Catholic. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but mm-hmm. the truth is the truth. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Yep. So, so at, at your wedding, mm-hmm. actually, you found out about. Um, do we still refer to them as crisis pregnancy centers? Is that term still used? Yes and no. Yeah. Um, you know, pregnancy resource centers is yeah. probably a better word that I you'll like hear that nowadays. I like that a lot better. I know yeah. that we've used crisis mm-hmm. yes. pregnancies in, in the past, mm-hmm. but yeah. I, I, I like the help, yeah. the, the, the care aspects. Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I think we witness that too. I mean, women come to us that an overwhelming majority come to us not set on choosing life but there are still women who come you know they're either on the fence or they're they are excited about this baby but they still need help Mm -hmm. so um that's kind of when this amendment was coming forth uh i'm sure kathy felt the same way everyone you know had their no signs out front and were praying for this amendment to fail but we knew that no matter which way it went you know the women they still there's still so much need out there mm-hmm. throughout pregnancy and parenting. So, yeah, a pregnancy resource center. And I think we 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 hear the words, and I think this is a true reflection too. Women facing challenging mm-hmm. or unexpected pregnancies. I think that's a really good description. Like Madeline was saying, you know, we have women who maybe they lack support um, from the father of the baby, family. Um, you know, recently we had, um, an individual come in with her mother who had had an abortion in her past and was very much set on her daughter having an abortion. And, but this young, this young mom, that was not what she wanted. And so coming to our center, meeting with her and her mom, not only were we able to help her but we also were able to help the mom through abortion recovery programs. Oh, that's outstanding. And so really that transformation, you know, I'm looking at your wall here. This is a beautiful (laughs) studio, but I feel like what you have on your wall is, it says rooted in truth, lead with beauty, transform hearts and share the gospel. I feel like that's what we do every day in pregnancy resource centers, you know, all of our centers are run by nurses. Their hearts, they're so passionate about these women and their babies. And so it's speaking the truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when that alone, when women hear the truth, this is a baby, this mm-hmm. is a human being, this is not a clump of cells. Mm-hmm. And that's why the ultrasound is so important. But it, we speak truth. We mm-hmm. educate them on the different types of abortion and the effects of that and the risk. Um, and so it's it's rooted in truth and leading with beauty, the hearts of these women and our volunteers, um, just the beauty of a smile, the beauty of a kind word, the encouragement. Um, you know, recently we had a woman that shared her story 
And she said when she was in the abortion clinic, it felt dark. Mm -hmm. And she said every single person was crying. Mm -hmm. And this was her words. These, this was her describing her experience. And then when she walked through the doors of our pregnancy center, she's like, I was greeted immediate with a smile, with kindness. And she said the, the environment was totally different. And mm-hmm. so leading with beauty, that just tells me that, you know, that is so important. And then the transforming hearts, some individuals are hardened to abortion and feel like that's their only option or they're being coerced mm-hmm. or they don't have support. And so that ultrasound and that personalized con- consultation mm-hmm. where we really take the time to listen to them. You know, just really listen, let them share their story and their challenges. So then it's about transforming hearts and showing them the ultrasound. And then we always look for opportunities to share the gospel, to pray with them. And they will say, she prayed with me. Mm-hmm. She followed up with me. She continued to pray with me and sharing the gospel. So I just yeah. was looking at the wall and I was like, <laughs> that's so similar yeah. to what we do every day. Yeah. Kathy Scanlon from PDHC. Madeline Pesavento from Women's Care Center. I'm sure you have a similar stories. I mean, life is to be celebrated, not ended, right? And and, and when they have that, um, that hospitality when they when they walk through the doors, it's very stark. Yeah. Too. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that actually, especially focusing on that leading with beauty, um, so many women are caring for so many individuals in their lives and I think that it's hard to stop for a moment and recognize the inherent beauty that they have the inherent value that they can bring to this child and so that is really an essential piece at Women's Care Center helping her uncover the dignity value strengths that she has and can provide to this child because you know I think that we've recognized as a culture we have become more hardened to abortion and you know it used to be safe and rare and it's changed you know there there's so there's such a change in philosophy and so for our, for a woman to be able to we we can want her to say yes uh, to this pregnancy and to this baby, but she has to be able to say yes to this baby and those around her too. So just giving her the tactical tools to, um, to uplift those in her life and get them on board as well. So, so when that young lady came in with her mom, did she share why she came to PDHC that day. I mean, it, I mean, obviously the Lord brought her there, but that I mean that that's a decision point, right? I mean, she could have gone right two different ways, very obviously, very mm-hmm. different ways. Mm-hmm. Why why did she come in that day? It was actually her grandmother. Her grandmother found out about PDHC and said, "You need to go mm-hmm. see them at PDHC." So that's what brought her through our doors. So that was so God, mm-hmm. you know, just guiding her into a center. Like Madeline mm-hmm. said, you know, everybody is telling her she can't. Mm-hmm. We're telling her she can. Mm-hmm. And this is how we're going to walk alongside you. This is how we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so important, you know, um, at Women's Care Center and PDHC. It's like we're comprehensive in our care. Mm-hmm. It's not just 
we we love the mom, we love the baby, but we want her to make a life decision. You know, we've never had a single person come back to us after making a life decision saying, I regret that I chose life for my baby. Mm -hmm. Never. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we think about the culture, um, you know, with the passing of issue one, um, you know, when they look at the, the statistics, it really was the younger generation that voted yes. And so that's what we're up against because we see so many of those young women walking through our doors and it's become culturally acceptable. Mm -hmm. Like you said, mm -hmm. Madeline, you know, abortion is looked at differently. And I've, I've heard from so many of the women walking through our doors saying, women that have been through our abortion recovery programs, they, I've heard it multiple times. They have said, well, it was legal, so that's therefore I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a really mm -hmm. interesting concept, right. you know, but they, they are sincere when they say that, well, it was legal. So I just assumed it was okay. And so really it's about reaching that younger generation too. Um, and so, you know, most women facing unexpected or challenging pregnancies are single. And so they need those support and resources. And we need to be there to be able to tell them, you can do this and this is how, and this is how we're going to walk. And, and then to, sh to show them, I mean, there's so many lies, so many distortions mm -hmm. about, well, I mean, one of the biggest is um, pro-lifers don't care mm -hmm. about the mom right. or they, it ends when, after the baby's after born. The baby's exactly. born. Mm -hmm. uh, the other side will say that they're empowering women mm -hmm. when in fact, mm -hmm. It's the pro-lifers mm -hmm. and, and the work that you guys do mm -hmm. is really empowering mm -hmm. the women. And, and you're doing it through actions, not not through words. Mm -hmm. and, and to your to your point, you've never had anyone that regretted, you know, coming to PDHC, Women's mm -hmm. Care Center, mm -hmm. and, and going forward uh, with life. Did you guys see Kristen Hawkins when she was in town? Not. From not. Uh, she's the president for Students mm -hmm. uh, for okay. Life of America. And she used the term, um, now's the time to make abortion unthinkable. Correct, mm -hmm. yes. That is a strong, strong call to action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's where truth comes in. You know, unthinkable. This is a human being. This is a life from conception. Um, and seeing that visual on the ultrasound is so important. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> but I also think about making it unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was so interesting. One of our board members in a meeting said, you know, what about unnecessary? So, yes, unthinkable, mm -hmm. but also unnecessary, you know, because you're not alone. And mm -hmm. we do love on you. We love on your baby. You know, we I know Madeline at Women's Care Center, too. You know, it's we care about the dads, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, so we care about the whole person. I always like to. Um, give this vision of we truly care about her emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. We care about her physically, mm -hmm. but we also care about her spiritually. Mm -hmm. So that's that's where I feel like we we care about the whole person, mm -hmm. and that's what we do at pregnancy centers. And I think too, um, you know, in conversation with family members, friends who uh, fall on the other side of this, there's this instant jump to uh, to reach for those far cases, those extreme cases of abortion. But I think it's, it's impactful to bring people back to a base to help 
individuals understand first, can we find some common ground, you know, with the with what the statistics show are the overwhelming majority cases of abortion where there's not, you know, an extreme minor in the situation or, you know, a terrible situation that brought her to this Mm -hmm. unplanned pregnancy, because I think that we can make some headway in helping someone come to the pro-life stance when they recognize that for, you know, let's just start here. There's a better way. There's, there has to be a better way. Women, women, we need to remove obstacles that stand in her way because we know inherently God made her to want to choose life for this baby. And so I think just helping people understand that there are resources that exist. Mm. I mean, in Columbus, every eighth child born in Franklin County starts at Women's Care Center. The, the, what? The, say, say that again. <laughs> every eighth child in Franklin County starts at Women's Care Center. We had 2,148 babies born last year to the care center. We wow. served 3,400, over 3,400 women. So, I mean, The need is out there and there are resources like PDHC, like Women's Care Center supporting. And so there's a better way. Mm -hmm. There's a better way than abortion. Madeline Pesavento and Kathy Scanlon. Madeline from Women's Care Center. Kathy from PDHC. Madeline, I think your story just now just highlights, Kathy, what you were sharing, this idea of uh, just being unnecessary. So if we can provide the resources, the support, the love, the hope that we were talking about, instilling in the woman this idea of like confidence in herself, the dignity of herself that she can do this, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's resources to help her, then we could help a culture transform into, okay, this is actually unnecessary. Mm -hmm. That's hopeful for me. Mm -hmm. I I also like what you were talking about, Madeline, with the, the extreme cases you know, that's what they like to say on the other side. Well, what about in cases of rape or incest, um, you know, or the minor child? You know, in the cases of rape and incest, according to Charlotte Lozier, that represents less than 3% over the entire United States. So when you think about that, let's put things in perspective. And, you know, the unnecessary piece is so important because those resources that we provide, you know, I always say, you know, between Women's Care Center and PDHC, Columbus is covered, you know, mm-hmm. with um, Madeline's location, mm-hmm. one of them being right next door to the Planned last Parenthood. Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. surgical facility. Mm-hmm. And we have a location on campus, OSU campus, right next door to a Planned Parenthood. Like we actually share a duplex with them. It's like we need to be where they need us to. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I just, that was a really good point that you brought up. And uh, I just thought I would reiterate <laughs> that. When you had mentioned obstacles too, and those could be real obstacles or perceived. It, it, either way, there's, there's fear involved mm-hmm. and a lot of uncertainty. Carol and her friend, my wife Carolyn, uh, a friend of hers were... Um, praying in front of one of the abortion mills and had the opportunity to talk to a lady from Nepal that was coming and she had already had a, a child. Um, she was in, she was the, her, her husband uh, was a graduate student. So she was the breadwinner mm-hmm. uh, for the family and she was at work 
And one of her coworkers said, you'll lose your job if you go forward with this pregnancy. And that just planted enough of a seed where it's like, then all the fear and all the doubt about whether or not this would even be possible came to her and because of the language barrier she didn't know how to approach human resources Mm -hmm. at at this company uh but then carol spent time with her and actually made the phone calls with her to their hr and and the myth was busted immediately Mm -hmm. where no you know you won't lose your job Mm -hmm. no well Mm -hmm. you have maternity Mm -hmm. leave we have these things in place to actually take care of you and, and and your baby and then um, uh, they were able to walk with her through the rest of her pregnancy and welcome yeah. mm-hmm. and, and welcome the baby into their lives. But just having yeah. s- mm-hmm. that Another conversation, person, like you were saying yeah. earlier, you, you know, you know, we need God to surround us with other people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's exactly what your wife does. And I will tell you, I'm so thankful for your wife and others that do the praying and the out in the sidewalk counseling, because I will tell you just recently, we had a client. Um, she went to an abortion clinic um, and she was abortion minded. She went to take the abortion pill and she took the first abortion pill. She left the center and there was a sidewalk counselor out there who told her about abortion pill reversal and handed her a card. Wow. She got into her card, and this happens all the time. They say they regret it immediately Mm. because they make them take the pill in the clinic, and then they leave with the second set of pills. So they take that first pill. They walk out to their car. Even Abby Johnson shared the Mm. same story. Um, But they regret it immediately. It's like... You know, they feel like they have no other option. They have no other choice. But then once they do it, then they're like, what did I just do? And so she literally sat in her car and started searching for help. Mm -hmm. She called the um, Abortion Pill Rescue Network, and she lives over two and a half hours away. And at PDHC, we do abortion pill reversal services. And so they immediately connected her to us. She drove two and a half hours to get to our center. We immediately did an ultrasound, saw that the pregnancy was still viable, connected her with our medical doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this is something Mm -hmm. else I like to point out, and Madeline Mm -hmm. knows this too. Mm -hmm. They call us fake clinics. That's such a lie. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of our centers are run by nurses. Mm -hmm. We have a medical doctor who oversees all of our ultrasounds. Mm you know, it's, it's just a lie. And so that's really frustrating. But back to her story, we were able to help her. We connected her with our medical doctor who immediately started her on the abortion pill reversal protocol. And we were able to save her baby. It's successful 64 to 68% of the time, but the scary statistic in Franklin County. So in the state of Ohio, um, Chemical abortions represent over 50% of abortions. But in Franklin County, it's over 87% of abortions. So that abortion pill reversal protocol is so important. And so we were able to save her baby. She had a healthy baby girl. She actually came in um, and did her video testimony for us that we'll be sharing at our gala next year. But she said, I need people to know that this 
does exist because she was told by the abortion clinic that it was not possible. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. she was told by her OBGYN it was not possible. Mm -hmm. To reverse it, you're saying. To reverse it. And so, praise God. Right. And a life saved. Mm -hmm. Well, and and then you guys were able to be, Mm -hmm. when women are going through this reversal, to be with them. Absolutely. Where otherwise they'd be by themselves. And it was just an awful, awful image of Mm -hmm. them going through Mm -hmm. this um, alone. And there's a good point there, too, in in what you mentioned earlier about only caring about the birth of the baby. Um, You know, I can testify at Women's Care Center. We we really say that once she makes that choice for life, our work begins because— Love that. I, I'm on my th- third baby. It is shocking to bring that child home, how hard it is. And uh, that is when I think our centers really step it up. I mean, we have, of course, classes and goals counseling that are oriented toward a mother expecting her first child. But so much of what we're doing in the center is for mothers and fathers in the business of parenting. They have toddlers at home. They have five-year-olds. They have kids in school. And so we're creating content classes, um, support, you know, a therapy session for them to be together and cook, you know, bring home-cooked meals around Christmas time or a class oriented toward raising your strong-willed child. I mean, there's so much community and I've I've recognized that um, women really start to view pregnant the pregnancy center as their um, as their small group, like as their church group, uh, because they're all walking through the same thing together. Mm. And and that's why, you know, keeping those doors open, we say that we're with her from cradle to kindergarten. That's a pretty loose statement. We're just there for her, right? I mean, yeah. we, we, we're just there for her. So, um, you know, you get into the tangible assistance and that can be a big piece too, but it's really the tangible and the emotional, you know, walk with women. Mm-hmm. That's such a good point. Yeah. That is such a good point. Um, it's really about providing them community mm-hmm. yeah. when they're surrounded by other women going through the same thing. Yeah. Kathy Scanlon, the president of PDHC, Madeline Pesavento, the Outreach and Development Director of Women's Care Center. How, how does Women's Care Center and PDHC collaborate? Well, we're part of the Ohio Pregnancy Center Coalition, Mm -hmm. um, which is made up of 123 pregnancy centers from all over the state of Ohio. So really just collaborating together. I know for us at PDHC, you know, we have locations north, which is our busiest center, west, our second busiest center, our OSU campus location, and then we also have a center in Lancaster. But there's a lot of times where a client will reach out to us and maybe women's care center is closer for them. Well, accessibility is key. Yeah, then it's like we will refer them to Mm -hmm. women's care center. So I think we do a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, it's just collaborating together, Mm -hmm. you know, just being resources for each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I would mimic that exactly. I mean, the care center has full-time hours. Uh, We're open nine to five, Monday through Friday and on Saturdays. But unfortunately, I think what we've seen is the demand. I mean, there are 
there are so many women looking for support. So, um, I mean, we have plans in 2024 to expand to evening hours, to open a second ultrasound room at our Broad Street location, to offer, you know, right now we have five or six parenting classes a week to do more. But I think there are so many cases, you know, we... We have to respond immediately when a woman calls in, even if she's not stating her intentions. If she calls in, hi, I'm looking for an ultrasound, it is essential to get her an ultrasound that day. So we work together in that way to make sure that if we can't, the other can. There is an immediacy and an urgency mm-hmm. when when women are making this <clears throat> excuse me, decision. And we know that search engines and algorithms right are our mm-hmm. enemies mm-hmm. In, in, in this battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what can our friends do to get the word out um, and, and reach women when they most need to get this information? I really think it's about continuing to educate. You know, they talk about, you know, women's reproductive rights. Well, women have a right to make a life decision. They have a right to obtain resources. They have a right to change their mind if they take that abor- that first abortion pill. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of education, you know. And we- I, actually, let's say, because I didn't explain mm-hmm. what I meant by the search engines and mm-hmm. the, and the oh. algorithms. Are, is that still the case? I mean, are, are they burying pregnancy centers? I mean, I would say it gets into kind of a whole uh, other part of the of the care center, but we have to operate like a business. I mean, we have to be uh, smart and strategic. So we are spending a lot of money on SEO to make sure that women, when they're searching for ultrasound, abortion, we pop up first. Mm -hmm. So um, we have seen the market get more crowded out. So I think the care center was pretty forefront back in the day. I mean, we always were popping up first. That now you see the abortion clinics they're paying for you know for their resources to come up but i think there's a a big piece of word of mouth she's had such a wonderful experience that she's sharing within the community that there is a place that will support you through through pregnancy and parenting um but you know the the decisions that are made um are 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 for women you know being open nine to five on a strategic you know a busy road with large pink signs we just being there for her and making sure she can find us yeah i would wholeheartedly agree with Mm -hmm. everything she said and you know it is about outreach in the community um at at pdhc the top two reasons of women who walk through our doors um are number one referral from a friend or relative so like Mm -hmm. madeline said it's word of mouth The second top reason is a returning client. So once they experience a pregnancy resource center, they return if they need our resources again. Um, And then the third is internet. And we do get censored. You know, it's very unfortunate. So unfortunately, we have to spend more dollars. Mm -hmm. Not everybody has a huge marketing budget, you know. So as pregnancy centers, we have to be very strategic, like Mm -hmm. Madeline said, with search engine optimization, Geofencing, you know, mm-hmm. is a new thing. Um, billboards. Um, mm-hmm. So it's about word of mouth, getting it out there. But it's also our church partners. It is. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge resource for us is all of our church partners, you know. And I think issue one mm-hmm. really brought it to the forefront. You know, we're so 
grateful for a pro-life governor Mm -hmm. who has gathered us Mm -hmm. and said, what do you need? Mm -hmm. How can we support you? Mm -hmm. You know, we're so thankful for our bishop, Hernandez, Mm -hmm. who, you know, he recently sent out a survey to all of us. What do you guys need? How Mm -hmm. can we support you? That is Mm -hmm. so important. So a lot of it is that education and that outreach in the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we talk about how the our future starts within the the um the family the family unit and so as parents there's so much that we can do with our children to educate them on life and dignity of life but then like with bishop fernandez sending out this survey all schools all catholic schools should should you know should welcome maybe a pdhc or women's care center just to share that there is a resource that exists when a woman faces an unplanned pregnancy so that inevitably when they're, you know, when they have a friend later in life, they know mm-hmm. where to send them. Uh, so I think something like that can be really impactful too. Yeah. Super, no, super good point. Totally agree with that. <laughs> and what I keep on coming back to is also just Dave, your story that you shared about your wife. And I think in terms of evangelization, I guess sometimes Christians can have this idea of, oh no, I've encountered someone who wants to go through with an abortion isn't discerning that. And you know, you want to tell them, don't do that. That's wrong. But really it's about, okay, what does she need? How can I hear her? How can I love her in this moment? And then like Dave, you said your wife took the opportunity to like, let's make calls together. Let's figure this out and walking with her. Mm-hmm. That's so important. Mm-hmm. When having these conversations, that with with um, Carolyn and this uh, and this woman, she was um, misinformed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Just in a, a simple, you know, break room conversation mm-hmm. or sitting, you know, next to each other and mm-hmm. in their in their desks. And that's where you know, or in supermarkets, you know, there these conversations are happening all around us where uh, where fear is brought in let's let's bring confidence and joy into these conversations so when you see somebody that's pregnant Mm -hmm. congratulate them absolutely when you hear of a conversation where somebody is being discouraged with a pregnancy or Mm -hmm. told oh my gosh you're having another Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. to to bring light into into that Mm -hmm. you know lead with the beauty Mm -hmm. in truth Mm -hmm. and let them know that there are resources available to them to care for them and their and their family. Yeah, I would also give a shout out to Ohio Right to Life, mm-hmm. Greater Columbus Right to Life, Center for Christian Virtue. All of these amazing organizations have really come alongside pregnancy centers and just really um, been a big part of the education process and. You know, I honestly say this, we could not do what we do without our community partners and our church partners. We honestly could not do what we do. Mm -hmm. So I'm just so thankful. Kathy Scanlon, president of PDHC, Madeline Pesavento from Women's Care Center. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having us. What a blessing. What an honor. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure. Pleasure. I would also encourage our friends to Google Bishop Fernandez Immaculate Conception. He recently released a letter um, on life and encouraging uh, prayer and fasting uh, Mm -hmm. for families. So Bishop Fernandez Immaculate Conception will bring you right to that letter. 
This is our last live show of 2023, friends. So we're going to be taking some vacation. So beginning tomorrow and continuing through January 1st, we're going to share some of our favorite episodes with you. So thank you, friends, for listening. God bless you. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, a world without end. Amen. God love you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you in 2024.